Well, I've just sat down with my Jameson Irish whiskey and my Dunhill Ye Old Sign Dark Virginia blend tobacco. I am ready to go. Let's do this thing. It's a Philosophy Friday. Usually Nick joins me for this, Nick Cleveley from Timaru, um, but I'm going solo this Friday. He called me. He is bailing out because he's having a busy week. Lame. Who isn't having a busy week, Nick? Wow. Just bail out of me like that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm having a super chilled week, so happy to take that on for him and uh, shoulder this load. Um, it's actually my birthday coming up this weekend, turning uh, the big 4 and... Uh, feeling very contemplative about all that that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, just uh, have uh, got uh, one of my good friends and uh, elders in training preaching for me. So it's a pretty chilled week. I'm trying to do as much uh, extra kind of work as I can fill the week up. But, um, you know, try and get those things done that you, you normally never have time for. But other than that, um, yeah, let's do some podcasting about Philosophy Friday. Now, I have last week preached a sermon on the resurrection, and that's because it was Easter. And uh, I've just been, you know, we had a Bible study group on Wednesday and um, just got to think a little bit more about that sermon and about the value of apologetics. And I kind of realized um, as I was thinking through this stuff this week, just when you, you know, when you think about the resurrection, you're thinking about some pretty, you know, it's baseline, historical real hardcore objectivity stuff in Christianity that no one, no other religion can can boast. No other religion can talk about, no other religion can point to. Christianity is utterly unique when it comes to the event of the resurrection. And uh, there are so many other things it's unique in as well, of course, but, but just that historical verifiability angle is so powerful and so important and so necessary to understand. Uh, Theologically, it's an important thing to get. Uh, Paul talks about the resurrection that way. Um, You know, if the resurrection didn't happen in history, outside of ourselves, then all of the things we feel inside of ourselves are just meaningless. And that's just a very strong dose of sanity right there that he pours out upon us. And, And it's different, again, from every other religion in the world in that, you know, you largely relegated to the subject of realm some guy had a vision some guy you know feels this way and you're just supposed to play along well christianity is not like that and uh that's that, it's one of the things that won me over i gotta be honest i mean i think um as i was sharing on wednesday i mean i think uh i think that i was truly converted without any reference to apologetics at all i think um i sat down heard the gospel and you know stood up a new man and that's true. And the efficacy and the power of the gospel upon my soul was what saved me. But it's also true that um, just a little while into uh, my new faith, um, I was really against the wall with with apologetic stumbling blocks. I was I was very sensitive to what people thought about Christianity and what I had thought about Christianity and and uh, the the stupidness of religion. Uh, I, I, you know, to, to put it mildly, I just didn't like the idea of religion at all. I thought it was just a, a ridiculous concept in many ways, because who could possibly fathom? I mean, you know, agnostic is the best you've got, was my was my song. And, um, and what changed me on that was, of course, the gospel and the effectual call of God. But I realized that for me to just leave it at that was to sound like 
a Mormon talking about the bur- burning in his bosom, which oh, honestly just drove me up the wall, or to hear about you know some guy with his subjective experience that we're all supposed to dance along to. Um, I, I realized that if, if if something credible had happened to me, it would have some sort of reality in history and it is it is wise for us to check that we're not going crazy because it is possible that we can deceive ourselves so when i turn to things like apologetics and evidences and that sort of and, and i'm thinking you're of an evidential apologetic um, primarily you know i'm thinking of the textual manuscripts that that show us the legitimacy of the bible as a religious uh you know um documents essentially and uh, as I think about you know the, the main claims the main truth claims of Christianity it's historical verifiability uh, you know even just those those basic sort of um, claims regarding inerrancy and all of those sorts of things um, I, I was just I remember going into it kind of with one eye, uh, closed, thinking, oh my goodness, you know, get ready. You're, you're about to be shown to be a complete weirdo with your religious experience. And I was I was amazed. I was genuinely amazed. And I remember, you know, the thing is, I've always been kind of a closet case uh, evidentialist at the end of the day. I was so won over by the evidence at, at when I was looking at it. And I went into it very skeptically as well. You know, and and very, not, I've, I can say with all honesty, I was not easily, I would not have been easily won over in the most critical time of my life, I suppose, or the most uh, skeptical time of my life. And uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was, you know, kicked right off my horse, really, from just the, the further I dug. I was just amazed. I was amazed that there was so much. It was an abundance of, of stuff to look at and and you know have it check out you know and and of course you are dealing with an ancient situation it's ancient history literally it's uh you know with the document it's ancient literature so uh, you know for some reason i seem to I, th- I think i had my bearings in in that regard when i started to look at it i wasn't expecting to find something um you know i wasn't anachronizing in my in my search to find evidence, but, but yeah, just just maybe having some semblance of of what um, was involved with most religion. I just I remember thinking to myself, <clears throat> you can't, I, you know, I don't think any evidence is ever going to win people over to become Christians. I don't think that's going to happen, but it, you can't easily open your mouth against Christianity after you've looked at some of this stuff properly. You can as an as someone who's ignorant or someone who is just. Yeah, you know, just shaking, shaking their mouth off there, and 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 they just don't even care. Obviously, you get tons of people like that. Um, but in terms of someone who's actually looked into the stuff, I mean, it's uh, you know, as Calvin, I keep th- thinking of what he says about you know, apologetics serves the purpose of stopping the mouth of the unbeliever. Like you just you get you get brought into check because a lot of the stuff. I mean, and and from that point on, you know, doing a, a good search into the basic proofs and evidences for Christianity uh, stands you in a great stead in that, I mean, you're always going to hear people wagging their mouths off trying to trying to uh, just diss Christianity at this level or that level. And a lot of it just flows right off of you from that point on, from like a, like a water off, off a duck's back, uh, like water off a duck's back. Because the thing is, they, they really do have to come up with something that's going to be substantial to, to mess around with what you've seen and what you've understood. And you're looking out for that, you know, and, and you can just immediately tell the nonsense that sometimes um, 
that just gets spoken because you just know it's like you know it's, it's in the realm of da vinci code really at the end of the day that's where it, it's just wow guys you know the, the gospel of thomas you know, we haven't, or, or, or that a church council invented the Trinity. Now, I'm just using those sorts of super lame examples because, I mean, if you've ever looked into it, you know how absolutely bogus that is. It hardly even gets your attention if you've had any level of uh, of study in the whole thing. And yet people get away. I mean, you know, people make a living of, of making claims that stupid and, you know, think that they're doing some serious damage to Christianity. And uh, yeah, it's true that like by, by the millions, the groundswell sort of buy into that. But that's, I mean, they're going to buy into anything at that point. So for the serious inquiry, I, I do like the idea of distinguishing between someone who is just, you know, wanting to make a mockery of something, which, I mean, you're not going to ever get rid of those guys. And then you do get the serious inquirer. And the serious inquirer is just not going to go along with Da Vinci Code stuff or, you know, the, the, all the propaganda surrounding it. But the reality is most of the stuff against Christianity, I feel, is in that realm. It's just very, very easy. to. It's just nothing is ever even... It just doesn't shake you, you know, to be honest. I mean, every now and again. And what's cool is you, you end up engaging with the subject. And every now and again, you get hit with a, wow, I haven't actually looked at that. But it, it happens not so often, to be honest. And, you know, it doesn't take too long to figure out what's actually going on when you've... So I really... all You know, we've been talking about apologetics over the last few Fridays. We've been looking mainly at a classical apologetics. Um, but I just wanted to take this podcast just to really commend the value of a good, solid look into um, evidential apologetics. Um just the old school anything, really. I, you know, we, we, we get a little bit picky after, you know, and there's the intra-apologetics of war, uh, wars and that sort of thing. You get a little picky once you you start, you know, you, when you when you read these books, it's like fine dining. You know, they're all, they're all really good. And so you're like, well, I'm more Van Tillian and, I, you know, I like to I like to hang out here. And, oh, I'm more Francis Schaeffer really does it for me. And, I mean, those, they're both epic, you know. They're both like the most awesome apologetics guys ever. Um, and that's just like in one quarter. And then you've got Sproul and then you've got, I mean, Gerstner before him. And you've got even just like William Lane Craig. He's not really in the Calvinist team. But, my goodness, the guy is total total epic epicness you know actually at the end of the day so we're just totally spoiled for choice you could pick up josh mcdowell you could pick up i don't know whoever you want to pick up just look at look at i mean it's basically everyone's regurgitating the same facts because they're facts and they're there so just go look at that read a book or two it doesn't matter how how unknown the author is or you know how um, you know, mundane he is supposed to be, uh, you know, if he's not making the caliber of some sort of uh, camp in terms of their apologetics. Don't worry about any of that. Just look at what's being said, you know, at a popular level, at a scholarly level. I don't care. Just look at what's being said and be amazed. Um, you know, wherever you want to turn, you, you can look at um, the archaeological side. You can look at the prophecy side. You can look at the, um, you know, the, the actual uh, harmony of the Bible itself side. You could look at the uh, obviously the resurrection and everything surrounding the resurrection. You could look at um, the, the textual reliability, the history of the Bible. Just the simple story of the Bible is enough to just blow you away sometimes. Um, you could look at the testimony of the saints. You can look at, I mean, there's just no end. And they're all very, very forceful ideas and usually very well written about, at least at a starter level. Um, so, anyways, bottom line is if you haven't done that, 
I, I really just want to commend that to you. Um, you don't have to be an evidentialist. You don't have to be. You don't have to make a choice as to, you know, how you want to pr- approach the greater philosophy of apologetics. But you do. You do owe it to yourself as a Christian, and s- certainly if you're not a Christian, to to go through those things and just make sure you've, you know, I mean, you, uh, yeah, I mean, like it's my first point of call. I mean, let's have a discussion once you've actually looked at what you're denying. Um, and then secondly, for a Christian, it's just such an amazing buildup in faith, and it might really help you get rid of some nagging issues that maybe are there that you don't even want to admit are there. Um, send me an email if you need some suggestions of where to start. I mean, I'll make some re- recommendations right now. Uh, there are some very, very good books um, that, you know, are, are really, I mean, you'd put them in the must-read list. But I just want to be careful because a lot of them are big and gnarly and scary. And I don't, I don't want you to fall into the, oh, if I'm not going to read that one, I'm not going to read anything. And uh, that, that happens sometimes. Like uh, The Resurrection of the Son of God by N.T. Wright is just pure amazingness. It's, I mean, it's just, wow. Uh, it's, it's a breathtaking historical overview by a, a really good historian. And uh, he, looked, he leaves no stone unturned. I mean, it's just a great book. I actually did see a Udemy course out on that as well, so I wonder what that's like. But yeah, that would be a great, um, a great, 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 great thing to look at, um, just for the resurrection. But you know, it might be that you want to just start off with something a little bit more chilled. And I'm thinking now in the realm of evidentialists. So we, there are a whole bunch of recommendations you can make in terms of specific presuppositional or classical um, argumentation. But but in terms of the evidentialist argumentation, um, you know, just pick up a book by like. You know, if you haven't, definitely, you know, look at something like Lee Strobel or or uh, Josh McDowell. I, I, th- I think they'd be like sort of as entry level as you'd get. Um, I think the one guy's name was Michael Cassidy. I remember reading a little pamphlet from a guy named Michael Cassidy. I think it was like a like a Jesus movement guy. Uh, I might have this totally wrong. But anyways, he, he wrote like a few little pamphlets that were mind-blowingly good, just in terms of getting you into what's going on and what's what's actually happening in this in this in this amazing case for for Christ that that God has left to the world, uh, it's you know it's kind of like looking at nature and going well you know what I'm not gonna I'd be a little bit it'd be weird for me to say that if I saw amazing painting that there is no painter, so it's gonna be even more weird for me to look at creation and deny a creator, and you've got that very vivid sense of connection. But then the follow up is well if this creator is real and you know has revealed a religion. Uh, a way to be worshipped amongst other claims, you know, this God is going to give you some way to figure that out. Um, and, and he does not disappoint. That's all I'm saying. Um, so it's not the, the whole thing. It's not a soteriology. It's not a way to be justified. It, it's just awesome. So go look at it. Um, yeah, Josh McDowell. I mean, dude, I don't know. Just go anywhere you want. Just Google intro to apologetics, and I don't think you'd go wrong, really, on that on that front. Um, anyway, so that's just got some stuff. I I just really eva- I value apologetics at that level. It did so much for me. I think just as I've grown in faith, I've kind of almost you know left that behind a little bit, so it doesn't come through as often as it might have in the beginning. But you know, every now and again, I just remember it, and I just you know I thought maybe that would be a good thing to throw out there for someone who's listening who perhaps hasn't delved into that yet. Uh, just Give it a go. Nothing, nothing fearful, nothing intimidating, nothing that you have to memorize, nothing that you have to then be able to argue. Just for your own sake, just look at it. Just see how powerful uh, 
uh, Christianity is. Just be amazed at the Bible and be amazed at the events of the resurrection. It's super powerful. You know, I, I know Josh McDowell, for example, talks about the time when, when he just sat back in his chair after like a, a year or two of just investigating into this whole thing. And he was just like, you know what? This is real. The resurrection actually happened. And, um, you know, I think that's basically, that's the, that's the reaction I've come to a few times. Like just even, wow, the thing I hold in front of me is the Bible. It's the preserved Word of God. Uh, and it tells me of a, an event that's true. And you know it already, but it's just kind of like, wow, it adds that that historical dimension to it. So there we go. There's a little thought. I'm not going to ramble on too long. I realize me and my monologues. I do love some quiet time on this podcast, y'all. I can just keep going, right? So I'm just going to stop it right there. Um, think about that. And uh, I'm going to take it through to uh, where are we now? We're Friday, so tomorrow is 1689 Saturday. I might just let this seep out a little bit more as we look at something that the 1689 does with, um, with this concept. So uh, bless you. Take care, and uh, we'll talk again tomorrow.